Hey, this is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and this podcast is about the Rishi mushroom. This is a general purpose adaptogenic mushroom, but it has a couple of defects as a nootropic that the Eastern medicine men, the hippie herbalists, and the new age gurus are not telling you about. So this podcast is going to focus on decoding what the human studies are saying about Rishi and how this squares up with the anecdotal experiences of biohackers and kind of like herbal uh, alternative health practitioners, what those guys are saying online. For more of my own personal experiences, thoughts, and comparisons, please see the written and video reviews there in the sidebar. So this is going to be one of these podcasts that's going to have a whole lot less of uh, Jonathan's editorializing of things from what are my own opinions based upon my experiences because they're quite limited with this one so i'm going to defer to the science and the uh and the the weight of where the anecdotal evidence with it is pointing it's been studied worldwide and has been the subject of 44 articles of human research that can be found on PubMed. And to put that in comparison as far as adaptogens go, Rhodiola has 180 articles and Panax Ginseng 550. So it's it's a meaningful, it's got a meaningful amalgamation of human research that has been done on it, but um, not relative to the other adaptogens, it's um, it's a little smaller. Traditional Chinese medicine. Uh, in, in this school, it's called Lingzi. The Chinese referred to it as the mushroom of immortality and the Japanese as the 10,000 year mushroom from the book Adaptogens. Rishi is relatively rare in the wild and throughout the history of China. Its use was restricted mostly to the emperor, his court, and the upper classes. And Rishi is a Shen tonic. Quote, the term Shen usually is translated as spirit, which is frequently misunderstood by non-Chinese speakers. The word Shen does not mean the soul. In traditional Chinese medicine, there are two aspects of the soul known as the Hun and the Po, or your individual spirit. It is a person's mind slash consciousness and emotional balance. Disturbance of Shen produces anxiety, insomnia, bad dreams, moodiness, listlessness, and poor memory. Rishi is used for people with these conditions along with other nervine adaptogenic or sedative herbs as they are indicated for the patient. It also is used for people with deficient key and blood which manifests as fatigue, weakness, shortness of breath, neurasthenia, and dizziness. According to the state 
pharmacopoeia of the People's Republic of China, Lingzi acts to replenish qi, ease the mind, and relieve cough and asthma, and is recommended for dizziness, insomnia, palpitation, and shortness of breath. It was a favorite of the legendary herbalist Li Qi Yuan, who claimed to have lived for over 250 years. Yes, that's right. If he if he was being honest, then he's a uh, then he beats the current record holders of the of, of human longevity by by quite a lot. And I'll encourage you to check out the article for this meta-analysis. And I've got a, a photo of him looking looking very stoic and old, which you would expect. It's native to China, but can be found growing on decaying logs as far away as Canada. Quote, various species of rishi grow in Asia, Europe, North America, and even in the Amazon rainforest. In the southeastern and southwestern United States, it is found growing on oak trees. In the northeastern United States, it's usually found growing on maple trees as a nootropic. It doesn't have a really acutely noticeable nootropic effect like say rhodiola or paracetam. According to one biohacker well acquainted with it, cognitively I don't really feel any different on reishi unless I take a high dose, then I may feel a little calmer, relaxed, wiser. Difficult to explain, but it's very subtle but it may have short to medium-term benefits on state of mind that go unnoticed because of the subtlety. If you were to stop taking it after a few months, it's possible that you would notice the difference straight away. From the book Adaptogens, Rishi generates a sense of inner calm and harmony while also heightening mental perception, both logical and intuitive. Rishi's adaptogenic effects are mild and cumulative, but research shows it improves adrenocordial function and relieves stress. Several biohackers call Rishi an extremely underrated nootropic. I seriously feel that I get at least a 10 to 15 IQ boost from Rishi. It causes ideas to flow to the point where you'll amaze yourself with what you come up with. Regardless, the nootropic and even antidepressant effect is insanely good. After a few days of taking it, I'm fearless. On subjective well-being, the most strongly demonstrated effects of Rishi is its helpful effect on subjective well-being. Three double-blind studies totaling 230 human subjects showed that tested against a placebo, it had a helpful effect. However, all of these studies were done on patients suffering from different ailments. None were done on otherwise healthy people, although there is a significant preponderance of anecdotal data indicating a desirable effect in this regard. 
anti-androgenic. I'll explain what that means. I've come across several anecdotal reports of it having an anti-androgen effect, lowering testosterone. A couple guys are saying that it lowers libido, their erections are not as awesome as usual, or it makes them a little antisocial. The science draws a bit of a murky conclusion on this important characteristic. The in vitro studies have established the mechanism of Rishi, which inhibits 5-alpha reductase enzymes, which would have anti-androgenic effects. A double-blind human study of 88 males did not corroborate this effect. There was no effect demonstrated on testosterone. In my view, this does not disqualify Rishi as a nootropic. I would use it if I were simultaneously doing other testosterone biohacks like cold showers, nofab, meditation, and supplementation of things like ashwagandha and horny goatweed. You may be saying, wait a minute, Jonathan, meditation? Does meditation increase testosterone? Yeah, kind of meditation improves your stress response quite a bit, and managing your stress in a better way definitely improves your testosterone levels. However, if you're really concerned about your testosterone levels, this may not be the nootropic for you. As always, you want to self-quantify and self-monitor how different nootropics affect you on autoimmunity. It has a balancing effect on the immune system, which can be helpful for those suffering from rheumatoid arthritis, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, psoriasis, celiac disease, thyroiditis, or other autoimmune diseases where the defensive immune system of the body is malfunctioning and attacking itself, you. From the book Adaptogens, Rishi possesses immune system modulating effects and has anti-tumor activity. It also regulates the immune system in cases of autoimmune disease and allergies. One biohacker remarked, Rishi helps my autoimmune disease immensely. Essentially, Rishi causes a inverse relationship between the presence of bacteria and immune system activation. The mushroom is supposed to support and modulate the immune system and not just boost it like other herbs such as ginseng. From a 2004 double-blind Hong Kong study, the results showed no evidence of liver, renal, or DNA toxicity with Lingji intake, and this is reassuring. The present study of the effects in healthy, well-nourished subjects provides useful new scientific data that will support controlled intervention trials using at-risk subjects in order to assess therapeutic effect of Lingji in the promotion of healthy aging. However, the evidence of its helpful effect on the immune system is relatively thin. If you really want to take supplements to avoid getting sick, take Eleuthero or Immune 26, which I explain in depth elsewhere. Allergies. Thanks to its autoimmune effects, 
it can have a helpful effect with allergies. One British biohacker reported, this year reishi has helped me kill off my allergies to cats, dust, and pollen. I've been breathing in large amounts of ash pollen over the last few weeks. The UK has had high levels of this recently. It seems pollen now just bounces off me. This time last year, I was in serious trouble with eyes streaming and nose running and sneezing. I hope that this is a permanent change, so I will continue to eat reishi forever. Hooray for reishi. On cancer. In China, it was traditionally used as an anti-cancer herb. An observational study of over 4,000 women who were breast cancer survivors found that it did have a positive effect on social well-being. From a 2005 review entitled Anti-Cancer Effects of Ganoderma Lycidium, a review of scientific evidence. This article is a review of several small human and animal studies, as well as in vitro studies done on reishi. The authors concluded that the mushroom not only may enhance the immune system, but also has some anti-tumor activity. In one quoted study, 65% of patients with lung cancer had an improved quality of life and enhanced cellular immune response after using reishi. I found the evidence of its helpful effects for those dealing with cancer thin. Several in vitro studies demonstrating that it works against the chemical mechanisms of cancer and some rat studies. I certainly would not rely on it to prevent or treat cancer, but it's another attribute that makes it attractive as a nootropic mushroom, I believe. Radiation protection. Supposedly, it can actually help protect against radioactive isotopes in the atmosphere from one in vitro study. The pre-administration of four kinds of extracts reduced the damaged degree, uh, the degree damaged by radiation. Although this study concluded that the utility of this effect is for chemotherapy patients. It's, it's also uh, maybe a good idea if you're an extreme tourist and you're planning on visiting, say, Chernobyl in the Ukraine or Fukushima, Japan. Effect on sleep. It improves sleep after three days of dosing and has a helpful effect on insomnia. One Swedish biohacker reported, I have tried many different forms of reishi. It is my favorite herb. The best I ever had and continue to use is wild reishi tincture from Dragon Herbs. Most potent and I get noticeable effects every time. Only downside is that it is expensive, but for me personally, it is worth every penny. I sometimes have anxiety and stress problems and 
three droppers of this is as powerful as Xanax in that regard. Also good quality wild ginseng is highly beneficial in this regard as well. I used to be into artificial nootropics and supplements, but after trying quality herbs and studying herbalism, I'm never going back to man-made chemicals. Interesting. Fatigue. From a 2005 double-blind study of 132 Chinese dealing with neurasthenia. 132 patients diagnosed with neurasthenia, which is another word for fatigue, mild depression, and chronic fatigue immune deficiency syndrome took part in a study of Rishi's effect on those diseases. The group given a polysaccharide extract made from the mushroom had significantly superior reductions in fatigue and an improved sense of well-being compared with patients who received a placebo. From another 2012 Chinese study of 48 women, the pilot study suggests that spore powder of Ganoderma lycidium may have beneficial effects on cancer-related fatigue and quality of life in breast cancer patients undergoing endocrine therapy without any significant adverse effect. There's not good evidence of its anti-fatigue effects in otherwise healthy people. If I really wanted to hack fatigue, I would go with Eleuthero, tyrosine or rhodiola that have excellent evidence in this regard. Next, let's discuss its effect on liver. The liver and kidneys are the organs responsible for processing everything we consume. So they are of a special concern to biohackers who are regularly consuming nootropics or exotic anti-aging supplements that are not found in nature. From the book Adaptogens, Rishi protects the liver and enhances its ability to detoxify metabolic waste. However, there's not any strong human data verifying this effect. The best evidence I could find was a 2012 Indian animal study. The mitochondrial reactive oxygen species level was enhanced and mitochondrial membrane potential was declined significantly, administration of G. lucidium significantly, and dose independently protected liver mitochondria. The findings suggest that protective effects of G. lucidium against hepatic damage could be mediated by ameliorating the oxidative stress, restoring the mitochondrial enzyme activities, and membrane potential. Boy, those Indian studies, they, they sure have, a, uh, they sure have a, an expansive vocabulary of impressive words, but the, the English grammar just comes up wanting frequently. Next, treating venereal disease. That's right. It may be helpful in treating sexually transmitted diseases like hepatitis B, uh, also referred to as HPV, but the evidence for this is not strong enough that I'm going to be throwing away my condoms anytime soon. From a double-blind study of 90 kiwis out 
of Massey University in New Zealand. The polysaccharide fractions and triterpenes isolated from Ganoderma lucidium. Ganoderma lucidium is just another name for Rishi. It has a couple of names. I, sorry, I know it's a little bit confusing, but that's, <laughs> that's how it is with herbs. Have shown protective effects on the liver in animal studies. This double-blind, randomized, and multi-centered study aimed to evaluate the safety and effect of G. lucidium extract uh, extraction. It was a product that was a, an extract called Ganapoli. Ganopoli. Ganopoli. That's right. In chronic hepatitis B. Our study indicates that Ganapoli is well tolerated and appears to be active against HPV in patients with chronic hepatitis B. So that's mechanism of action. Moving on. Firstly, neurogenesis. Some Chinese research indicates that it has a beneficial effect on the birth of new brain cells. But the evidence to this effect is pretty thin. If you're really looking for a real neuroplasticity hack, I recommend vitamin B12 or dual and back training. Next mechanism, triterpines. These are the main bioactive ingredients of Rishi. A British biohacker articulates why. The triterpines are important as they have many functions. My understanding is they contain ganoderic acids that can have anti-cancer activity, cytotoxicity activity, and apostosis of certain cancer cells. They help maintain good cholesterol and help to regulate blood pressure. And for allergies, they inhibit histamine release, important for me. However, I get the impression that many of the water-soluble polysaccharides and beta-glucans can also do the same thing. Uh, for example, certain beta-glucans can induce cell apoptosis. So whereas I personally feel more comfortable using dual extracted pills with a high triterpine concentration, I'm sure hot water only powder extracts would be fine also. I would imagine that most of the usage of Rishi over the centuries in traditional Chinese medicine has been through drinking Rishi tea which effectively would be a water-only extract, and that seems to have worked out well for them. And triterpenoids are, uh, there's quite a uh, diversity of them. Rishi itself contains 119 triterpenoids. Next mechanism is its effect on cholinergic neurotransmission. So it's not a building block of the essential neurotransmitter itself, acetylcholine, but it tunes the exquisitely complex cholinergic system. According to a 2013 Korean paper, because new compounds exhibiting specific anti-acetylcholinerasterase activity are being sought as possible drug candidates for the treatment of Alzheimer's and related neurodegenerative diseases. These results indicate that these lanostain triterpenes are preferential inhibitors of acetylcholinerasterase 
and maybe suitable drug candidates. Next, polysaccharides. Rishi contains more than 100 distinct polysaccharides. These bioactive carbohydrates have a synchronicity of anti-aging and immunoprotective effects. Moving on to taste and aesthetics. Its taste should be somewhat bitter. Quote, red reishi is very bitter and most people would find it unpalatable as a tea or cooked in food. However, apparently some of the extracts are a whole lot more palatable. One reviewer reported. This one I can say by far has the best taste. The flavor is mild and I would even describe it as satisfying somehow. I like it and would definitely consider getting some more. The flavor actually kind of has a creamy, creamer quality to it with a slight bitter aftertaste. The flavor is very pleasant and satisfying to the core of my being. Mushroom coffee. Mushroom coffee is just all the rage right now. You may want to listen to my podcast with the professor who is a big fan of mushroom coffee. He discusses it a whole lot more in depth. I'm not really well acquainted with it. And uh, if you do reishi in your mushroom coffee, it will add a bitter taste. A Chicagoan, Chicago biohacker reported, the energy is so subtle and mellow. I've had massive problems with getting overly caffeinated on coffee. Easy to get a little angry sometimes with the brain buzz. So this is just working so great. Coffee has left me a wreck, battling the addiction for years, just an obsession. It just robs your gut flora and, and that affects your immune system. So the Rishi coffee is just a lifesaver right now. Verse Lion's Mane. Numerous biohackers well acquainted with mushrooms agree that Rishi has superior nootropic effects to lion's mane. One American biohacker reported, it has more noticeable positive effects than lion's mane, which I've been taking continuously for a year. It feels mildly sedative. It is a benzodiazepine receptor agonist. Not to a distracting degree, I feel subjectively cleaner on this stuff and I would recommend it over lion's mane for most people. Rishi has a very impressive array of apparent benefits. Rishi sources. Mushrooms have a particular capacity for absorbing the toxins of the environment they are found in. Eating mushrooms from a less than totally pristine environment can make you really sick. I'll repeat that because it's important. Eating mushrooms from a less than totally pristine environment can make you really sick. This is why your mom hopefully warned you not to eat random mushrooms that you found growing outside. This is why sourcing is really important when it comes to reishi. Not all reishi is created equal. It's important to avoid reishi mycelium that is grown on grain. This unnaturally produced reishi is high in residual starch and short on the nootropic nutrients 
themselves. To maximize the nootropic benefit of the mushroom, you would not want to consume it raw or as a whole powder extract. The best form is dual alcohol hot water extracted. An English biohacker clarifies what this means. This indicates that they extract with hot water, then mix with alcohol to a certain concentration to reduce the solubility of certain molecules and cause them to drop out of a solution. Further concentrate seems to indicate that they're modifying the water extract rather than beginning another extraction. This is in line with what is commonly referred to as alcohol precipitation. I came across this term several times today while reading about mushrooms. The Wikipedia even mentions that the process I described is used to concentrate polysaccharides. So in other words, it's a water extraction which is then further purified using alcohol. But there can be nothing in the final product which was not first soluble in the water. So it's potent stuff. The most credible source of this form that I've identified is Rishi Organic 16 to 1 Dual Extract, which is sold by Lost Empire Herbs in the USA. 16 to 1 extract means that 16 kilograms of Rishi mushrooms are used to produce just a single kilogram of this extract. The mycelium is a part of the mushroom, which, at least in the case of reishi, contains less of the bioactive components than the stem or the cap. It's cheaper than the extracts of the cap and stem, but the nootropic or biohacking effects desired will be diminished. So this is another case where uh, not all reishi products that you see are created equal, and this is a case where you really don't want to purchase the cheapest available. You know, sometimes that's kind of a, a, a consumer instinct that we unfortunately have uh, adopted, which is that we're like, hey, what's the best deal? What's the cheapest one? And sometimes you get you get uh, fairly, you know, you get quality that is on parity between a the cheapest option the medium priced option and sometimes maybe even the most expensive option but it, when it comes to mushrooms and these kind of herbal nootropics that is just really not the case if you're getting your reishi from a source other than the ones that i recommend in the article that is linked to this podcast uh, that are that are verified these ones are verified by third-party analysis you'll want to actually taste it and it should be bitter. If it has a grain-like taste, then that's not a good sign, according to Jeff Chilton, who is the author of The Mushroom Cultivator. Mushrooms are extraterrestrial. At least, according to Terence McKenna, mushrooms are an alien species. That's right. He claims that certain psychoactive components of mushrooms are found exclusively in mushrooms. 
not elsewhere in nature, which is a little bit mysterious, right? If we are to entertain his stoned ape theory, mushrooms were crucial in the evolution of simple hominoids into modern humans. Mushrooms are capable of communicating and imbuing us with an alien intelligence that can inspire and aid our personal development and capacity for invention. NASA discovered that mushroom spores can survive in the vacuum of space for millions of years. This theory requires drawing some pretty disparate connections between ethnobotany, NASA experiments, and philosophy, but it certainly adds to the mystique of mushrooms like Rishi. Side effects. One biohacker reported some undesirable borderline hallucinogenic effects from high dosage. Quote, I've heard that you can't take too much Rishi and there should be no psychological side effects, but I can absolutely testify that this was not the case for me. I always take it about an hour before bed and what happens to me on high doses is first I get a strong pulsating feeling in my forehead followed by rapid and disjointed visions. My mind races with these visions which seem nonsensical for hours before I can finally get to sleep. Some of these pictures are clear as day with my eyes closed. For example, I remember seeing these two humanoid alligators standing next to my bed and could make out minute details of their scales and eyes. An unconfirmed side effect reported by one cheeky biohacker. Previous experimentation with Rishi was cut short when I began to have nosebleeds when performing cunnilingus. That is no good. A study monitoring 18 humans dosed with about one and a half grams daily over the course of 28 days noted zero toxicity after that time. And quote, avoid using Rishi if you have mushroom allergies. And then there's a couple of cofactors which are which I, I would really like to try it in combination with. There's some people really singing the praises. Siltep or phenylparacetam make for a potent cognitive enhancement stack, according to one biohacker. When combined, after a while, you get a bit of a mad scientist crazy feeling. Not high energy mania, but more of a hyper-threading feeling. Not anxiety per se, but it is an interesting, interest, an interestingly uncomfortable sensation for sure. Like you are making connections and recalling data almost too quickly for comfort. This effect is highly exaggerated if one doses too high or redoses during the day. So Siltep, Phenylparacetam, and Red Rishi may, it sounds like it's been some people's personal NZT48. Makuna with Rishi is a potent lucid dreaming cocktail, according to a Finnish biohacker that reported, a friend of mine actually, I decided to put these two together, half a teaspoon of Makuna extracted to 
15% L-DOPA, and a teaspoon of dual extracted reishi along with some valerian before going to sleep. Let me tell you, this combination is extraordinary to induce vivid, deep, and meaningful dreams you wouldn't imagine. You become more or less lucid in the dream world, but unlike the typical reaction in lucid dreaming, the dream does not start to vanish, but you can start to adventure there. I tried levitation that I had been thinking of trying. I also went to a club in a dream world that resembled my city and felt like I was on party drugs. Hell yeah. Flying, sex, anything is possible with practice. Whoa. Conclusion. I'll withhold judgment until I do a thorough personal trial with Rishi, but I'm pretty underwhelmed by what the scientific research is saying about Rishi. Compared to some of the research chemicals I see biohackers using as smart drugs, it has a lot of meaningful, uh, has a meaningful preponderance of human research indicating its safety and effectiveness, but if you're really a stickler for the science, you'll want to stick with adaptogens like rhodiola, eleuthero, and ginseng. I've concluded that it's kind of a wimpy adaptogen. I've yet to find a unique value it offers to biohackers that other more proven adaptogens or nootropics don't do better. Sourcing it right really matters with reishi. As a mushroom, it would be better to not use reishi than to use a substandard supply of it. I'd rather use other nootropics of a little bit more standard quality. Perusing, interestingly, perusing the anecdotal reports, the people who report that this is a really beneficial nootropic invariably are long-term users of it. They attribute months or years of dosing it as being transformationally beneficial to one's mindset and raw motivation. You know, go on YouTube and you will find some people that are really singing the praises of this one, but the, that, that, the, the, risk, the risk benefit trade-off that it represents of what I've discussed here, it, that, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me when there's better options out there. If you try Rishi or if you have tried it, please leave a comment on this podcast. I'd love to get some more feedback from some more people that I can keep in mind as I'm doing an in-depth uh, personal trial with it. And I'm Jonathan with Limitless Mindset. As always, look forward to a continued conversation with you.